Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It is the Studio Experience Podcast Season 2, Episode Number 20. And today is a bonus episode, and I've got my good friend Joe all the way from New York joining today. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's It's great. It's beautiful fall here in New York. It's the most beautiful time of the year. I love it. It's not humid. Yeah, it's finally cooling off. We don't have three feet of snow. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Sweet spot. One week period in between the two, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah, it's it's finally cooling off a little bit here. It's been a hot year. I don't know if that's... It seems like it's been that way throughout the country, but I'm, I'm glad for cooler temperatures. Same. Classic conversation starter. How's the weather? I know. And, what, what, <laughs> and when it gets colder, what's the thing you put on your ears to keep them warm? Headphones. Oh, it's definitely not earmuffs. <laughs> it's headphones. <laughs> what Headphone a great season. segue. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So yeah, we're going to be talking about headphones today. Headphones, we've talked a lot about them here and there throughout the show, but gosh, they are a huge, huge, I guess they just occupy a huge part of the way we... I guess just the way music is experienced today. So I thought it'd be super fun to dedicate a whole episode to, I don't know, just headphones in general. I think we can talk about, uh, obviously you and I have experience working on headphones. Some people just use them as references. So maybe we can just talk about the different uses and maybe things to be aware of and, you know, some pitfalls to avoid, but also some yeah. really great uses. So Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're both... I think you're exclusively on headphones now. Is that correct? Yep. Wild. Yeah. And that's actually been, gosh, it's been well over a year at this point. I mean, it's funny. It's like, and I know I've said this before, so I won't go super into it, but it's funny how like certain engineers are just very not into it. <laughs> like philosophically, they, they wouldn't even necessarily try to hear someone out that's doing it. They're just like, no, you can't do it. And I think that's just silly. Yeah. No, I agree. I believe you can do it in headphones and maybe depending on what area or what stage of the process you're in, speakers have their place and headphones have their place. Yeah. Yeah, Um, totally. I feel like for me, for mix, I can get really, really close on headphones, but then I do need to take it uh, to speakers to finalize it up. But I can get like super, super close. Right. On headphones. In stereo. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think of a totally different scenario of like, sometimes headphones are more valuable for just your monitoring when you just have a really less than ideal environment where setting up speakers, no amount of treatment and speaker DSP correction could give you results that were more accurate than what a great pair of headphones could. And so sometimes just from a practical standpoint alone, you're going to be better off using headphones than speakers just from your own physical space limitations. And so, yeah, it might be the better investment, better money spent on Mm -hmm. on great headphones rather than spending the same amount of money and only making your space marginally better. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think headphones take on a whole new thing now too with Dolby Atmos and binaural and I think headphones are becoming a big conversation in that sense. That's true. Do you have your, what are they called? Are they called AirPod Maxes? I've got you have some pros. of those. <laughs> I don't have the Maxes. The Max is like the over-ear thing, right? The Max is the over-ear, yeah. They're great for listening, but for quality control checking, uh, I have heard from a couple people that the AirPod Pros are better. The bass is more accurate. The transients are a little bit more accurate. Mm. 
it's a more accurate representation of the mix versus the maxes make it a more enjoyable experience. Gotcha. So yeah, I've got the pros for that. But still, like mixing in binaural, is that a thing? Can you do that? Especially now Apple just came out with uh, Logic. Right. Integrated Dolby Atmos, and not many people can afford a 714 system. So it's like, can right. you do that on headphones? And I don't know, that might be another episode there, but headphones, I think, are coming into the conversation a lot more now in the mixing side of things than they were, let's say, a year ago. Yeah, I agree. Which is cool. I mean, I'm all for that. Just, you know, new ways of doing things and new ways of making music. And it's cool that over the last 10 years, they've come, they've become a bigger part of the equation as just a viable option. And the technology has come a long way as well. Like there's some really great options out there these days that make it possible. Mm-hmm. Like what are you using for headphones? Yeah, so I, well, I started with the Odyssey LCD X. That was sort of what made the transition from speakers to headphones possible for me. And I will say as a caveat to like people that are potentially interested in working more on headphones, one of the biggest things that you're going to have to have is just time getting used to what that feels like. It's, it feels different, like level and panning. It just hits a little bit different whenever it's, the speakers are right by your ears, essentially. And so having some experience with how that feels is a huge part of making that transition. Anyway, once I did make that transition, I kind of just got curious about another option. The LCDX, I really enjoyed and they have a lot of great qualities. I ended up being able to find something a little bit more suited to my taste, I guess, and preferences. And so these days, at least about half a year or longer at this point, I've been using the Meze Audio Empyrean headphones. I love them. They're great. Awesome. But to give context of like how I feel confident in being able to use headphones exclusively is the accuracy thing like we were talking about. You know, you've got to be able to have reliable, accurate monitoring to make accurate decisions about what you're doing. That's true whether you're on speakers or headphones or anything. So same rules apply. You know, you got to be able to hear it correctly and accurately. They have to be able to produce back really loud transients that are distortion free. You know, so like your amps got to be able to push a lot of power without adding any distortion. So it's, it's the same thing as speakers as far as, you know, just you got to have a quality playback system. The results won't be the same if there's something that's subpar and you may not be able to just jump straight into like a really, really high end setup. But if accuracy is the goal and translation is the goal, then you definitely want to be investing in something that you can really rely on whether it's speakers or headphones, but yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I know when I first started playing with the idea headphones, I was on the biodynamic DT, what are they? Seven seventies or something. And yeah, I, there was very audible distortion that would happen. Mm. especially with transients, they just could not handle it. And eventually I moved to the Odyssey LCDXs, mm-hmm. uh, which I absolutely love. And I have completely annihilated the EQ curve with them <laughs> using <laughs> right. the Dadman software. Uh, uh-huh. The reason being so is because I do, I, I'm still, I'm not remote. I'm still working in my studio. So I have my ATCs in front of me. So I wanted to be able to make the transition of going into headphones for very quality control reasons, editing vocals, Melodyne, 
doing lots mm-hmm. of edits, maybe keeping my head in a different space during the editing portion, and then being able to take them off and play them on the speakers and not have to acclimate at all, whether it's 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes or 10 minutes. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do any acclimation. So I spent a better part of like a week going back and forth and making EQ adjustments to the point where like I can do something on the headphones and I can take them off and the ATCs just fill in the gap and I can go back and forth in seconds and not notice a difference. Yeah. But that being said, I don't think you can do that with every headphone. Not every headphone is going to be able to handle EQ curves like that and transients and whatnot. I think the the design of the LCDXs allow you to be able to do that. And having an amp that can also reproduce very accurately and powerfully if needed. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Because if you're trying to plug in your headphones straight into your laptop, (laughs) good luck. Oh, yeah. No, and then uh, you're running into all sorts of issues there. Not only the amp, but the the DAC as well. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, what are you using for an amp in your DAC? Yeah, I'm using the same one I have been for a little while. It's the RME ADI2 DAC FS. Quite a mouthful. But so it's just a dedicated DAC. It's not ADDA. And, you know, it's middle ground price wise. It's not like insane, but it's certainly not cheap just for a DAC either. But the qualities and the features are just fantastic. And it sounds awesome. I was able to, when I first started transitioning into headphones, I had the Lynx Hilo for a converter and it has a great headphone amp. So I was very used to that. And then I started like attempting to see like, maybe I could do this headphone thing. I'm going to get a great DAC and be able to quickly AB between them. And so I got the Grace M900 and that felt pretty comparable to me to the Hilo. So I was like, okay, I can like trust using this if I need to go remote. And then I was able to kind of do the same comparison between the M900 and this RME. I just like the sound of it a little bit better. So yeah, it was a nice little improvement for me. Yeah. So that's what I'm using. And a lot of this stuff too, DAC and headphones, to a certain extent, it really just becomes preference, you know, what sounds right to you. So You may have to do a little bit of digging to, you know, it's not just going to be online reviews that can give you the definitive answer like, yes, this will be right for me. You eventually have to try it and make sure it works for you. Yeah, it's just like the amp you pair with your good old NS10s. It's going to change the way the NS10s respond, and it's a matter of preference. I know some some engineers have a crazy old Yamaha power amp, and some are on a crazy expensive Bryston. And Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of preference at that point. Yeah. But there is, though, on the other side of it, a lot of stuff that is definitely not the most reliable. And so if you're investing into the headphone world, you want to be sure that you're, you know, at least giving it a fair shake because there's a lot of super colored, very inaccurate options. And as an engineer, it's good to be aware of that because of people consuming content on those very inaccurate devices. But you definitely want to be as accurate as possible on your side of things because that way only whatever oddities on the end user's setup is will be in place it won't be your weird oddities plus someone else's different Mm -hmm. oddities that add up to a track that sounds like shit (laughs) basically and the listener is probably used to their oddities at that point exactly listening to other 
things. So it's not, it might be an oddity to us, but to the listener, it just sounds like they're headphones that they're used to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as far as like, I don't know, we can talk a little bit about just general ideas of what makes for a great pair of headphones for engineering and maybe different uses too, because the headphones I use on a daily basis, I would never use for like tracking because oh no it's not yeah. even even yeah yeah that would be absolutely useless <laughs> right the lcdx's would be too i mean you can hear everything around you almost better with them on than off <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny yeah it's like if you're not familiar with what headphones we're talking about they're open back meaning sound is not very isolated you're not closed off from the rest of the world so they feel a little bit more natural kind of like listening to speakers versus closed back headphones, which are going to be very isolated and just a lot more. Yeah. Like I said, closed off, I guess. So the headphones that we're using or talking about for tracking, you want isolation, you want noise reduction, but the inverse of that is you won't be able to get super accurate sounding headphones that are closed and kind of meant to isolate and meant to, maybe emphasize certain things, you know, you might have headphones that are great for tracking because they're hyped and they sound exciting, but they're definitely not accurate. So I guess you're not going to find like a one can to rule them all if that's what you're trying to find in headphones for sure. Yeah. And I mean, even with the closed back, I mean, that may be something if somebody's in a noisy environment that they're mixing in might be an option for the editing side of things. Yeah. Very Um, true. Tracking and editing comping vocals you're doing melodyne yeah aligning to the grid close back might be the way to go to isolate you out of the the external world and mm-hmm. just have you hone in and focus on one thing or noise canceling or something like that but then when it's actually time to mix or master then you switch over to something accurate like an open back it's hard to find a very good clo- i don't i don't know if a good close back for mixing exists or that's yeah, I haven't thing. heard of many, but that's probably because there aren't many. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I mean, when you put your hands over the cups of the L- the outside of the LCD Xs, the tone completely changes. I mean, right. it affects the way the, the speakers and the headphones uh, react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, but you're totally right, though. In certain scenarios and for certain work, you know, you could be in an airport or even on an airplane and be able to get some work done where you wouldn't be able to with any other kind of open back headphones. And so that's awesome. I think if you can find like reliable, decently accurate headphones and again, a decent amp, then you're well on your way as long as you have some other form of quality control to check your work against later on. And maybe that's the role of someone else. You may not be doing something that requires like pristine accuracy sonically. You may just be editing drums and vocals and that kind of thing or dialing in a rough mix, something like that. Or doing an Atmos binaural. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So let's talk a little bit about that. You don't need or do you need certain headphones if it's binaural? How does that work, Joe? Yeah. Okay. So and this is where I get super heady. (laughs) Bear with me. I'm very passionate about this right now. So for playback, the end user can listen to Dolby Atmos in a binauralized fashion, which is like the old school binaural, on any Mm -hmm. headphone on Apple Music, now Amazon Unlimited, and Tidal if you have a 
Android phone. It's not yet mm. for iOS. But the way Apple Spatial Audio works is that it actually decodes the 514 mix in the, inside the AirPod Pros themselves, or Maxes. Mm-hmm. So the phone sends the full Atmos speaker mix to your AirPods, and then your AirPods actually play that back in your ears. Whereas right. the phone, in, in, when you're just using regular headphones. But like, let's say you're mixing. You can mix in Dolby Binaural on headphones. The hard part with that is... It's very difficult for our ears in the current situation of things to hear things that are behind and above us right? Um, in binaural. So like you said, which hit home, is like, yeah, maybe that's somebody else's job to listen to it on another source like speakers um, where you mm-hmm. can do the mix and then you send it to the mastering engineer who's going to critique you a little bit and then you can go back in if you have that relationship with a mastering engineer or somebody else who's going to finish up the mix, let's say. Right. Uh, you could do the same, and it's highly recommended to do the same in Atmos. You could do the binaural mix, but please send it to somebody with speakers to check it on. Because, right. I mean, that's, that's extremely important, the way the fold-downs work. And we can't hear things from above or behind very well in binaural right now. And that's going to change, I feel, in the future. So mm-hmm. as algorithms get better, we may be able to hear that. And now your mix that might sound fine in binaural... In a year, when the algorithms change, that mix may not sound so great. Yeah. That's the thing we have to remember. It's just not, it's, it's constantly changing. We're creating that, that master file. Let's say the lead vocal sounded great panned in the back and it sounded more present in the back. Who cares? Nobody's going to listen to it on speakers. In a year, we may be able to hear things behind us better in binaural. Now the mm. listener's going to go, oh, that's weird. Why are the vocals panned <laughs> right. in the rear? Um, so you always want somebody to be able to check that. I feel like you can get really close in binaural. But again, it's like that last 15% has to be done on speakers right now, I feel, just because of the limitations. Yeah. But yeah, you can do that on any headphone that you like, on any laptop, anywhere. Yeah, to me, it sounds like it's almost the same thing as if you're back in the stereo world and you've got decent headphones, but they have some deficiencies You can do a pretty great job with those, but to get it to its maximum potential, you're either going to need a different pair of headphones that don't have those deficiencies or send it off to someone that is a trusted ear, that has trusted gear, so that they can take it all the way. Yeah, Same idea, I guess. Absolutely. Except we're just not at that point of having headphones that can represent the full surround experience right now. Right, yeah. Um, Whereas stereo, you can get really close. It'll be really cool when that comes, though. It will. It's going to be amazing. It's going to happen. And yeah, maybe all these $100,000 speaker installs may become obsolete. But Yeah, maybe just more of a fun. (laughs) It is definitely more fun. I am excited to watch Dune in Atmos in my studio. (laughs) Yeah. That new movie that's out. Somebody told me about it yesterday, and HBO Max does stream in Atmos on an Apple TV. That's awesome. So, yeah, just glorified home theater system. But (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) But I'm excited either way. (laughs) Right, yeah. Maybe to zoom back out a little bit, Headphones, they absolutely have a place in the industry, so don't let anyone tell you they don't. But you do need to be aware of you know, ways that maybe there's still deficiencies and uh, either things that you can adjust to just from the way that you hear and work 
or there may be some things that you won't necessarily be able to get over that hurdle with the setup that you currently have. And so I think getting some trusted people around you, if you are trying to develop that ear and that skill of working on headphones, figuring out what works for you and figuring out maybe where the strengths are and what you have to work with or what kind of things that you need to get to be able to do what you're trying to do. Just ask around, talk with people that have some experience. And uh, of course, Joe and I are here for any questions you all may have, which we're always open to that. So mm-hmm. definitely hit us up with any questions you may have. Joe, do you have any other thoughts or anything you want to hit about headphones specifically? No, I think I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, honestly, they're they're acceptable. Number one hits are being mixed on headphones for the majority. Oh yeah, whatever song and mix that is, it's it's not a thing of the dark anymore. The dark ages, right? Headphones are here. They're here to stay, and legit people that are mixing and mastering, creating industry number ones are are using them so yeah yep and it's not something to be ashamed of either try it yeah and it's not for everyone too that's the other thing is like we're not saying you need to switch to headphones we're just saying you can and you can do great work i think that's the bottom line yes absolutely boom there we go awesome all right cool so yeah Try it out. See if it works for you. It may be a learning curve. I mean, it was for me, but it's totally doable. And hopefully this episode has been helpful to at least inform you of what may be possible and maybe a little bit more. It could be something that helps get you further along. So thanks for tuning in and sharing another hour or so of time with us this week. And we'll be back to start getting pretty close to wrapping up this season. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.